Welcome to the Soul to Scene podcast. I'm Andy Cooper from RMS Motoring, and I'm joined today by Gary Riley. Hello. And Ross Annett. What's happening? We're on to episode 30 after a short uh, hiatus. A short I can't believe it's episode 30. Uh, I know. I've done about 24 of them. But we should have done <laughs> like 300, but not that organised, and uh, maybe don't have enough that drivel to talk about anyway. But maybe an interesting show this time because we actually have some of your questions to answer, which is some really good ones from the forum. But uh, before we get there, done a few things since we were we were last on. First of all, uh, Titanic Dubs mm-hmm. was uh, fantastic. Were you there, Ross? I was. Yeah. Um, didn't exhibit it this year. Just wanted to go as as a pen walk in guest, and it was fantastic to just go and do. So. Club TTI that run uh, Dubshed and Deutsch Collective uh, at the very last minute had to cancel their Deutsch Collective event because I think the place was Waterdog. Yeah, was it was Scarva and just too much rain and that big slippery field. Too much rain and Scarva, so uh, just on a 2 piece spun up a new show, back to Titanic Dubs, which they ran before, and they organised it within, what, two or three weeks? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it was great. Now, it, it was. It had slipped into October. Which is is prime Sorn Sorn o'clock, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I think that maybe hurt them uh, with uh, attendance. But it was still really busy. There's still some great great cars at it, and we're still really relaxed and got a good chat with people. I don't know if I saw you there, did I? I no, I didn't arrive down. It was I'm going to say it was about half two. I, I was late. I was maybe uh, long gone by then, but uh, great. Day out as and they've done some work down the Titanic quarter as well. Have you seen a guy the work they've done with the distillery and all that sort of carry on? No, I've heard of it going on. Uh, haven't been down that direction in a long time. I'm actually just as you're sitting there chatting about this, I'm thinking I've never been to Titanic Dubs. The last time I was in Titanic for a car show was like way back when we were doing um, 100% modified or stuff. We got there. Remember we used to take Belfast and Furious. Do you remember that one? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's Falls. back when it was the Odyssey. It wasn't even the SSC or anything. Yeah, but yeah. I really must get down. I, I couldn't go this year for for various reasons. But uh, sure, maybe we'll get down. Maybe next year we'll bring the microphones with us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We'll have to go to one of their events and uh, gate crash. Can't have Set these reload ones. Tent summer. <laughs> taking over all these shows, you know, as they always do. Uh, shout out to them. But that was a great a great day out. Um, what else have I been up to? I have been in a G81 M3, Ooh. and I'm hoping to get out and uh, do a bit of filming with one tomorrow, all being well, and throw a video together. Is that is that your first time out in one of the new M3s? Yeah, first time driving. Wow. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, they are very impressive. They're frighteningly quick. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Like, taking that engine, that S55 twin turbo straight six in yeah. your car, Gary, the M4, and... And it's boosted it's, a little bit, yeah, bo- yeah. boosted and uh, allegedly a stronger engine. Like they're talking about that these cars can not not that this car is going to be tuned, but you see some of them that they are thousand plus brake tunable, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. very in a very straightforward way. Just flash some turbos on it. Plug and Bell counts too that G eighty model, whether it's the state of the saloon, the X drive seems to be getting like brilliant reviews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But very heavy. Yeah. So not sev- far off two tons, would it be? Seventeen forty, seventeen fifty Ks I have in my Is it head. About fluids. And um I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah, isn't there something weird that BMW way the cars dry? They're, they're all different. They've there's no kind of standard, I think. Someone 
do weigh them dry and some weigh them with a driver and fluids and everything and it's hard to know whereas i think your m yeah. your m4 is what 1600 Aye, it's not light either but but it's still considerably they're not getting lighter put it again considerably lighter yeah. than um within the new cars but it's amazing just the way that they can mask their <coughs> their weight but you kind of know you look at the new one you look at a, a saloon now an m3 and it's easily the size of what a five shoes was five mm-hmm. years ago six years ago well, like well, it's, chunky big cars it's a park uh New M3 beside an E39 M5. Yeah. They're roughly the same. Or an E32 Probably not far off. High in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And well, interior space and all the rest too. Like yeah. they're a much bigger car. They're a big car. You, know, you, you take your E46 and oh, then, you know, it's tiny compared. Tiny beside it. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I'm looking forward to get back into that. don't really have much time at the moment to do videos, nor that I was getting anyway good at them anyway. But <laughs> uh, I. I they're actually quite good crack to do, apart from the fact they take a huge amount of time, which is just not to have to do. But I was actually offered, uh, it started with Ryan Donnelly offered GR86. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I would love to get a drive in GR86. And then uh, he sold it, mm-hmm. un- unsurprisingly. And I said, well, look, with the G81 uh, M3 Touring here, mm-hmm. in that beautiful that purple, purple be- yeah. oh, it's absolutely, it's just stunning. He's got some nice motors in. Yeah, well, so he's so it's great to have him on board now as a as a sponsor on RMS. He has he has fantastic stock. He has a lovely uh, Peter K GT4 mm-hmm. as well, uh, along along with a pile of other lovely stuff. But uh, but yeah, the the M3 it's uh, it's something else and a, and a long roof, yeah. uh, a a wagon, station wagon, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call it, touring or whatever. Yeah, they're really nice. I think the shape wise, they've knocked it out of the park. They really have. Stuff, you know, and it's good to finally see an RS4 have a bit of competition. Mm-hmm. Not not to give all my editorial away, but mm. but that that long back, you know, kind of does distract you from the from the you know snout. The, the snout thing's kind of gone away a little it, bit, hasn't it? It grows on you, yeah, you yeah. know, and that's what I said. We're, we're at a point now where I honestly, when I see them, especially the Isle of Man Green saloons, I love the I love the look that's of the new M3. Fantastic green and that color is amazing. Isle of Man Green, and I'm not a green fan. Isle of Man Green. Yeah. Wow. It, it's fantastic. I, I have seen some of them have got, like, it's the M4 style, or sorry, the CSL style uh, grills in it. So they do away with mm-hmm. BMW's grills and put in this more of a bigger, thicker honeycomb thing, and it looks really good, so it does. Now, this, the M4 CSL, does it not have daft, like, uh, Cavalier SRI go faster stripes around it and stuff like that? It does. I, I think, think it yeah, does as well. Yeah. And, and I, which, you know, I don't think that's, uh, that's not a pretty car. At, at all, you think of again, harking back to the E46, E46 CSL was a beautifully resolved Gorgeous design. One. Whereas the uh, uh, this, are you thinking M- about the? Oh, the no, you're thinking of the, the CSL, the, the CSL type thing, like the original. Oh, no, I'm talking. I'm, talk- I'm, talk- I'm talking. Yeah, oh. the, the original is beautiful, but the uh, no, the E46 CSL is a lovely car too because. E46 is, was just a classic out of the box. It was a classic shape. But with that, uh, was it a, a carbon fibre bootlet and stuff mm-hmm. like that yeah. on it? And, you know, and just those just those wee details. It was so subtle. Well, yeah. it just took the E46, I think, and essentiated it. Yeah. It was there. You know, it, it made the spoiler a little bigger with the... The, 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 the ducktail. Kind of ducktail. Flock dash and, and the, the fixed front. buckets. Yeah. And, but yeah. there was nothing wild about it. No, but uh, you look at that new M4 CSL with all these... These bits of red electrical tape around it, <laughs> you know, it just it just doesn't do. But the problem anything. is they're trying to compete with the RS Porsches, and <sighs> they are now getting wilder looking. You know, spoilers are getting higher, bigger. 
you fence stuck in the wings all that there. So. Do you know? Do you know what I was thinking about that? I was reading um, uh, um, I'm behind a Mevo magazine, so I was trying to catch up there, uh, and uh, I think it was one of the uh, um, cars. It was the it was the what was the GTS? What 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 was that? The the, the orange E92 one? M3. M3. Yeah. E92 M3. That was the GTS was like a competition model limited run. There is someone yep. lurking about in RMS. I think has access. We all we all know it. Awesome knowing, car. Knowingly not yeah. there, but uh, they were was, seen as really expensive at the time, and I think people wrote them off, but they, they didn't do enough different from the E92. Yeah. But now the car prices have gone up to the insane. Uh, they seem at good value. I, I, can't, sense. I can't remember who was writing about it. It was maybe Jethro, and uh, yeah. they, what he was saying was that there's only a second to Porsche Motorsport. The only other division in a, in a regular car manufacturer that could, could hold a candle to them is probably BMW M. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of uh, engine quality and race spread dynamics yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And the AMG it did loads of stuff, but they were always kind of more about big engines than the kind of polished finesse of dynamics and suspensions and all that. There, uh, but uh, totally. M, M and Porsche are the two I say would set the cars up properly. I would, I would hundred percent agree yeah. agree on you. We we'll get on to our listener questions later on about uh, uh, faster, bigger cars mm-hmm. versus smaller, <laughs> lightweight cars and what we prefer. And having the C63, yeah, it is a bit more of an uncouth. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's sliding towards the muscle car side of um, things. But anyway, I I digress. As what as what is our right here to do on the podcast? So the M3 long roof station wagon, estate car, dog carrier, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting out again uh, tomorrow. It's Titanic dubs, as I was saying. Got my Lotus back. Got my Lotus back. Got my Lotus back after it was on hiatus as well because it was getting loads of stuff. Uh, TPMS uh, sensors all around. It needed TPMS brain. It needed a a, a new wiper motor. I think the brain's built into it. And software update because I think it's the way all these modules are built now. They're all... uh, all the systems are done whenever all the software's in the ECU, mm-hmm. which is why before, uh, if you replaced a module in your car and your car has flipping mm-hmm. 25 modules or whatever else, that a module would fix the issue, whereas now it's all in the brain. Mm-hmm. And uh, But it also means that instead of uh, all these different value and all these different uh, OEMs supplying the uh, the, the supply and the manufacturer will sort their wipers and all the rest. Yeah. It's down to the manufacturer to sort it themselves. You've probably, you probably less points of failure, but then you've got a single point of failure. Exactly. So they can, uh, I think difference. there's uh, Andrew Cowan, he has a Jag, I think it's F-Type or FPS, one of those ones there. And Two slightly different cars, one's an SUV and one's a Coupe Ross. <laughs> no, sorry, it's... Um, Shouldn't give me so much coffee, Gary. I'm just an F something. It's an F makes me angry. Uh, actually, it is F something that's fucked up at the moment because bag. it's been off the road since he's had it. But he, he dropped something into the the group chat there, and the wiper motor, something wrong with that there. He was taking it home, wipers weren't working, and the quote to get it fixed because the brain had to be changed had to. So it was like two and a half grand for a set of wipers. Okay, straight away I'd say Rainex. Yeah, fuck <laughs> the wipers. Yeah. Speaking of Rainex, that you didn't watch uh, Harry's Garage, and he was over here in Northern Ireland in his uh, V12 Jag. I oh yes, I, I, I didn't watch it, but I saw um, there was a, a write up about him coming over. Red Jagger was it? No, it's uh, a green one. But uh, oh, I oh, think it was as 
seventy years ago. Lamborghini, yeah. I think, and he got the Lamborghini back to it. It was so, red. But so he so he did a rip up a uh, North Coast and stuff. Didn't yeah, he? he came over on the ferry to uh, came round to Belfast, up around the North Coast into Donegal, and then actually back through some of the roads mentioned on on RMS because there's a big mm-hmm. RMS thread about oh look where he was, but his wipers gave up. But that's what he so he just reannexed his way home, mm. you know, uh, which is but here. There's maybe better products in the market. Or side there, there definitely is, and cheaper <laughs> <laughs> from a local oh, supplier. Oh, I would doubt it. <laughs> Rene. <laughs> uh, so anyway, Lewis is back after getting that. Uh, is, is that taken? You know, <clears throat> when you got the Lotus, we were obviously hoping that with the new Lotus and the new shape and the new manufacturing, new everything else, that the old Lotus problems of Fuck, is it, are we going to be lucky here? Is it going to work? Is it not? Is this we niggle? Is that all it is, Andy? Or is it taking a wee bit of the shine off it for you? Or has it made you trepidatious about things that, you know, that it might, you know, is this the start of it footing about? I, I would have thought before you answer, knowing Andy, it's something you just accept. It's a lotus. You expect something will break. So here's, here's my thoughts on lotus and reliability. So I've had. Uh, starting in my with my Evora, which was a 2009 car, back in the Danny Bahar Baha era of Lotus. Lotus didn't have a lot of money, and he was <coughs> spending it left, right, and centre on nonsense. Meanwhile, they put the uh, Evora out. It had little niggles, mm-hmm. but then and it had fit and finish issues and bits and pieces. But in general, it was lovely because it felt really special and it drove superbly. That's what really attracted me to it. So fast forward to my 2016 Exige. That car, and it was still in the old era of, era of Lotus, but the fit and finish in that car was excellent. Mm-hmm. I think I did have, it needed a lock set under warranty. was probably one of the things it had. But, like, the lock set, so like out of a, I don't know, it's like out of an Austin Marine or something <laughs> yeah. like that there. You know, so it's 10p to replace, mm-hmm. and it's fairly straightforward. I think that was... Uh, it was maybe that in my three years of ownership is all it needed. But it was not only was it otherwise flawless, but it was a tight car. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, but like and, a <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I felt that I never felt like it would let me down. You know, and the Evora before that, I thought, oh, maybe there could be some electrical niggles mm-hmm. or, or something like that because they had put a lot of different tech mm-hmm. into it at that stage. Uh, so I think Lotus had peaked actually before modern times and it's now in the same murky world of one brain, loads of infotainment. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you would have any more issues with a new Volvo or a BM or something like Anything. that. That Because I think that unfortunately, as we were talking about before we started the show, Gary, even you're saying your new ID4 had a, was it a pump issue or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like, I think the brand does matter nowadays. They all just feel... You know, Audis, BMWs, Mercedes, doesn't matter what it is. Um, you know, even the, the, the big names are as prone to failures, Marty claims, as anything that Lotus might make or smaller manufacturer. No, no, let's, like, JLR accepted here and some absolute <laughs> disasters. Now, and on the flip side, uh, like some of my Yaris, you know, mm-hmm. just just a, a flaw, pretty flawless yeah. out the door. Bulletproof. You know, so uh, has it put me off the car? It was interesting it's one of those things when you don't see the car for a couple of weeks 
and you're waiting for parts and all the mm-hmm. rest. And then it was still in the summertime. It's like, and it was funny. Uh, I was away on holiday, and Charles Hurst had their cars and coffee. And my car was there because it was sitting like outside Lotus <laughs> waiting for parts. And the guys were saying, oh, I saw the car. And I was like, fuck, yeah, I know. Glad you did. I, I, yeah, I was full of, I was, I was. Who was driving it? A thousand miles away, you know. But, uh, you know, I think you have to take these things uh, in, <clears throat> in the fact that whatever you buy, you could have a, you could have some small issues, especially with a new model like that. Was one of the of course a, that's a one of the first ones out the door. Yeah, one, it, it could be worse. It could be a McLaren. Yeah, not be away for God knows how long. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't I don't think that's fair to excuse the manufacturers. I think they should do better. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they should just simply do better like that, especially the wiper issue. Like all the Lotus has come to that, and they knew that they had mm-hmm. that issue. They just hadn't nailed it. It took them a long time to sort it out because I think it was software and hardware. So. So they're trying to get both parts uh, sorted out. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. We're now in the well over hundred years since the car, you know cars mm-hmm. became mass production with wipers, wheels, engines, and fair enough. You know, technology has moved on, but fundamentally, if it's not an EV and it's still a combustion engine, they're still using the same kind of things. And I just can't understand why all those mechanical gremlins haven't been done away with by now and perfected. Well, and I think a hundred years of engineering and development and testing techniques. It yeah. be absolutely bulletproof. Well, and uh, it's probably like it's probably a million of reasons, like global yeah. supply chains, the requirement for loads of safety systems and all the rest. But I think probably peak reliability uh, for a system that was just ECU runs the mm-hmm. the engine or engine and gearbox if it's an auto box or something like that, and then everything else is run uh, separately was probably a more reliable way and yeah. and and less autonomous. Mm-hmm. Systems mm-hmm. was probably a lot more reliable than things are now. That's why you still see people. You look at the Bangernomics thread in Norway. That's why you know you still pe- see people driving old Saabs and yep. you know, stuff mm-hmm. like that because all that stuff you know, like a like a two thousand early two thousands Audi or something like that, far better built car than pretty much bulletproof. Yeah, plus if they do break now, they know them and say how to fix it. Yeah, yeah, do well, it in thirty seconds. And that's another thing too. Like yeah. uh, you know that that. Generation of technology stuff was maybe rumbly through the early nineties. Mm-hmm. Ten, fifteen year, mm-hmm. years later, was just you know totally re- reliable. Also, the most reliable cars now were the crap cars of those. Like, so, a, a Kia in the late nineties, oh yeah, was just the subject of ridicule. Fast forward to now, probably the most reliable cars and still rolling. <laughs> ah, yeah. yeah. So, so, well, but you know, you go and buy probably something Korean. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be uh, super reliable. Chinese, the Chinese know how to make a car now. Mm-hmm. These, um, well, the now, Chinese Teslas. Pete said the same thing. Like his was one of the Chinese ones versus the American ones that were mm-hmm. coming out around the same time. And he said, in every way, he found the Chinese one better. Mm-hmm. Apart yeah. from the fact it's still off the road and he's just <laughs> <laughs> burst a tire and doesn't want to have to put another stupidly big twenty-one or twenty-two inch rubber band tire on it because. He is looking to, to get rid of it now. Mm. And to, to, <clears throat> that's actually an interesting story. I was talking to Pete, Pete yesterday. So we went around to Tesla and said, look, my time's up with the car. I want to see about, you know, getting rid of it. You just take it off me. And they were like, nobody's ever done this before. And he goes, what do you mean? Nobody's ever told you they don't want their Tesla anymore and they finished their payments on it, so take it back. And they're like, yeah, most people just go straight in and all. Can we interest you in this? And he's like, no, just done with the car. Mm-hmm. And they said, we'll have to come back to you and let you know, <laughs> let you know what we're doing this year. They literally didn't know what to do with There's them. No and he says, yeah. <laughs> so, so they're so used to people just 
buying the next one or financing the next one. I next one imagine it has that salesman opening the door and there's a glasses guy covered in cobwebs. And <laughs> <laughs> How do you use this? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, look, uh, I don't want to dwell on Tesla too much, but two things. So I, I was went on on holiday. I read Musk's book. Okay. Well, the the biography by Walter Isaacson. What doesn't matter what you think of Elon Musk. That book is an absolute roller coaster from his uh, from him starting uh, Zipcar, which is a pre- which was a precursor to Google Maps or something like that in the mid nineties, to X.com, PayPal, mm-hmm. SpaceX, Tesla, Neuralink. Uh, oh, cheap, boring company. Mm-hmm. You know the man doesn't. And then and buying Tesla mm-hmm. or buying, yeah. not buying, buying Ted, Twitter, buying Twitter and turning it into uh, X. So that that first of all, I absolutely highly recommend it because it's just uh, genius and madness and craziness and and the guy the guy is completely mental. Yeah. But there's a video of him sometime back in the nineties. It's on YouTube. Um, this is pre hair transplant. He actually older than he does now, but. I think he just made a lot of money off PayPal. Mm-hmm. And he's taken delivery of a Pagani or something <laughs> at his house in London. I don't know if you've seen this video. He, he took a delivery of a McLaren F1. It wasn't that. Oh, maybe not. But uh-huh. there was a, he had Pagani too at some point. But I, I can't. It's as well since what's the video. I can't remember exactly. But it was silver. I think it was the McLaren. Maybe it was I, a McLaren. And I think he binned it. Did he? I, he, he, I think he binned yeah. it. Atkinson style. Uh, going flat out in it, yeah. So, uh, but yeah... Uh, apps, I would highly recommend it. Sounds like a lot of maybe 500 and some pages of it. You can get it in audiobook form. But uh, Isaacson uh, shadowed the guy for two years, met all his family. It's just an absolute uh, uh, crazy roller coaster. Like uh, early SpaceX launches, he's out with the tin snips around the fairings around the edge of the rocket to, because it got damaged in transit and they're out with you know <laughs> hammers and screwdrivers and. Uh, Isaacson. Ah, uh, just. Duck <laughs> tip. <laughs> Absolute madness and eating eating through people and uh, buying the designs for the or the Elise shape off Lotus mm-hmm. and getting that car made and having to modify it and all to make the Tesla Roadster work. Roadster. Oh, just just uh, so much interest. The full Twitter purchase just absolute madness. His relationship with women madness. The amount of kids he has and all. Oh, what a story. The other side of uh, and one more mundane matters. Uh, boring looking Model Threes are going to get slightly nicer looking. With so Project Highland, the new Model Three mm-hmm. uh, is just being released the last couple of days on the Tesla website. Thirty nine 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 five and delivery yeah. in January. The three hundred and ten mile range one and the three hundred seventy, three hundred eighty. Yeah, like that. yeah. I was which, on the website. I wouldn't know the other, but which which is interesting because apparently it is. Exactly the same battery and drive frame as the outgoing car, but completely redesigned in terms of... It's aerodynamics or something. Yeah, yeah, possibly aer- aerodynamics, but uh, completely redesigned inside, double glazing all around now in the Model 3. Uh, they've taken away the indicator stock, so they've now put it on the steering wheel. Right. And like haptic buttons. I'm sure, <coughs> I'm sure that will be good. Uh, yeah. Um, the, I was reading on RMS actually earlier on today. The... the uh, uh, drive. There's no drive selector as well. So there used to be a drive uh, drive selector, and uh, it's now on the screen, and you swipe okay. up or down for drive and reverse. But if the screen fails, there's an override button, but it is in the interior light above your head. <laughs> so it, so if you look above your head, it's like PRND. Wow, that's weird. Night Rider. Exactly. <laughs> that's mad. There's the uh, the one on screen there. That's the long range. So yep. up to sixty and four point two seconds, three hundred and ninety mile range. It's 
It's definitely and fifty grand. It's definitely better looking than the than fifty grand for that or a Civic Type R FL five. So back to the M three because mm-hmm. I love just jumping around. That's what we're here to do. <laughs> uh, you say well look, uh, we can get on with the snout of the M three, and you know what? There, there's something about that. I remember when the uh, previous generation Civic Type R came out, and I thought that's awful. Mm-hmm. Whereas now, and it's maybe an age thing too. I was like, I'm looking at it and go, that looks awful. But I still might like one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe maybe it's easier to say when when I have absolutely no chance of, of owning one. Whereas well, I was seriously looking at them when yep. I when I bought the uh, uh, the Park. But, Park. I, 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 I really love that new model that's come out. The FL five. The uh, I've seen a couple down the road, and I knew they had wide arches or you know flared arches at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you never you know yeah. you really see it in the photos. But on the road, like it's just got such a they're so stocky looking. Yeah. I saw one the other day in Belfast, and it was just it was impressive. Lovely. I actually cars. had a bit about it to speak about tonight. So this came up. I was reading the latest issue of Evo, twenty five years of Evo. It's their twenty fifth anniversary edition, yep. and uh, they were talking obviously about you know kind of iconic cars over the last twenty five years. And the Civic Type R came up in a few Type R's, and I just was thinking how much the game has moved on in terms of power. So there was another article found online. Uh, Civic Type R FL five, the new one, ring time, seven minutes, forty four point eight eight one seconds. Now, the ring times pre-2019 were based on the slightly shorter track. So that time on air equates to 7 minutes 39 seconds. So here's some of the things that they, are, they have actually beat okay. using the Civic Type R. Bugatti Veyron, the original. The original? Did not beat that time around the ring. Uh, Mercedes Lago LP640. Uh-huh. Pagani Zonda S 7.3. The BMW M2 CS, the 997.1. Porsche 911 GT3. Jesus. And the C63 ES Coupe. It's unbelievable. Type R Civic's faster than all of them. Now, is that a standard road car or have they changed? That's a standard road car. Mm -hmm. That's mad. Holy shit. Road tyres too, from what I remember. That's unreal. It just shows you how much the hot hatch game has come up. That's great. Like, wow. Speaking of Honda. So, uh, I'm, I think I'm an evil behind you, Gary. Yeah. And I was reading the, uh, there was a supercar, or, or two evils back, uh, it was a supercar uh, buyer's guide. Because sure, what else would I be reading? Well, so that's why you buy evil. <laughs> you don't pay evil for cars that you use. Exactly. You don't pay it to look at flipping SUVs. And mile munchers. So uh, I think as part of that guide, there was something right up your strasse, which was the, the Honda NSX. And the Honda NSX, like it was, it was the big thing. What four or five years ago, when Honda decided to bring the, it back, the new one, the, the new, the new yeah. hybrid uh, one, and then suddenly it's just, it, it almost feels like it never happened. I don't think I've. I'm trying to think the last time I I have seen one before. I've never seen one on the road. Uh, I've seen one recently on a photo taken in Newry. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's the only one I've ever seen in Northern Ireland, and I've seen everything else. I've seen I've seen a Pagani on the road over here. I've seen you know obviously Aston's, Lambos, Ferraris. I see Ferraris every day because yeah. of our work. Um, never seen one of these. That would be like an eye catching thing. Yeah, so so rare. But they haven't they haven't I don't think got under the skin of people like the original car. No. For some reason, I, I don't know. Is it the design? It's a good looking car and it's very very fast. I remember watching reviews. Chris Harris had one out and quite liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, Hybrids, well kitted out inside, but I feel like maybe same issue that plagued the original. It, it maybe does things too well, too reliable, mm-hmm. too easy. It has R eight kind of issue, R eight itis yeah. exactly. That it's just uh, too well refined, too well resolved, 
and that maybe takes away some of the character. Yeah, which is a shame. But you, and with, with that said, you go on piston heads and you can find them now for eighty grand, seventy grand. That's a lot of care for the money. Now, a guy in RMS took me out in his around. And I was going to say Mandela one time, and or some track somewhere. It was great, mm-hmm. but long geared. A very long. It was that. Th- was the original car was a three liter V six. Yeah. Uh, v tech. Uh, well, but these, so, these so are special. Five hundred eighty brake or five eighty something. Like I, that. The, the new ones and what yeah. th- about three seconds to sixty and probably a couple of ton top end, but. Yeah, speaking of uh, Mandela, actually, I'm down at the trackdays.ie track day uh, very shortly. Going to take the uh, Lotus. Just uh, we'll put some pictures of a uh, this uh, NSX in the show notes. Gary's just showing us some pictures. Terrible to talk about something you can see, but they are a st- yeah, I say are a stunning looking gorgeous car. looking car. Yeah, yeah. Although they f- they feel a wee bit American. I was just going to say very American looking from the rear. Yeah, built in America. Oh, really? Designed by the American arm of Honda. Acura. For a call. They weren't Acura. done in Japan like the other ones. Uh-huh. Uh, Jay Leno has, um, I forget her name, but she's the lead designer or something on the, the NSX program. Oh, right, he okay. had her on. It's uh-huh. a really good episode. She talks about the design of it and how you know they tried to take some influence from the original but make it different. Do you know, do you know what? America's not really known for designing... Um, they are known for designing iconic cars, absolutely, but not maybe iconic... Supercars, no, not svelte kind of Ferrari type cars, Musk cars. They're known for kind of Camaros and which, Mustangs and stuff. Like that you know, which really surprised me when I learned earlier on this year that Mazda of America designed the MX Five, which I was mm-hmm. did it, yeah. There you go. And yet you would know it as okay, it's a Miata, isn't it? In mm-hmm. the states, but you know, it's the Unos or whatever. It came mm-hmm. out in Japan first, but so uh, uh, really. Random, but uh, we were just looking through NSXs now. Oh, the original one is just an original NSXR in championship white. Mm-mm-mm. What Absolute, is this travesty uh, that we're looking at? We're looking at a Mitsuoka Orochi. What, what's that? I don't know. It looks like it should be put down at birth. Right, we need we need to stop browsing the classifieds in yeah, the podcast sorry. because we will <laughs> lose all two listeners that we have left. <laughs> We used to have three. You know, remember what happened? We lost that one, you know. That was Rocco's fault. <laughs> that time when he left. So, anyway, that is enough from me. Gary, we're going to the classic car show. We're trying to get Ross to go with us in the NEC. I think, I think he needs to go. He needs to get his eyes opened. It, it looks appealing, so it does. Absolutely. It should be. Absolutely it is. excellent. It's a great weekend. Full weekend of cars. You have two days walking around the NEC. Uh, it's a massive place. The auction's always bonkers, yeah. isn't it? Like, what would you compare one hall in the NEC to? It's like Odyssey show times two or oh, three times, massive. and there's five of them. It's massive. So you walk around the whole thing. The auction's brilliant. Uh, I was looking at the auction listing, actually. So the auction was Silverstone Auctions for the last few years. Um, I don't know, is this a new company or they've just renamed? But they're now called Iconic Auctioneers. And uh, I was just flicking through there. And here's some of the notable mentions of cars that are going to be for sale. So, Well, I always remember, was it, you know, it's the, it's the sort of auctions where RS500s go for half a yeah. million quid and that sort of stuff. Rare stuff and low mileage stuff. And yeah. Maybe garage queens to a certain extent, but it's just amazing to see some of it. And if you're at the show, you can go and watch it live, but you can also uh, follow the button online and see what somebody's going for. The, one of the best things is, now, I think you have to pay, to, you have to buy the auction catalogue to get in, which, yeah. which creates a wee bit, but it but keeps the, the numbers down in the auction paddock. You swap hands and take turns but you can yeah, yeah. 
well, no, we didn't say that. Oh, but, but if we, all right, li- <laughs> all right, lions. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you can uh, go in and actually see some of the stuff and get an eyeball and see some real. Oh, okay, so it's all set night. It's all set night in the auction hall, so it's. Uh, it's awesome. So they've, they've a huge list of stuff. There's stuff from the 20s, 30s, 40s, real proper classic cars, but the stuff that we're kind of more into, the modern classics, here's a couple of ones. So there's a Lancia Delta, Evo 2. Esker Cosworth, a white one, 400 miles, so pretty much delivery miles. Maybe mm-hmm. drove up and down the driveway. Cleo Williams, the original one, 48,000 miles in that. They have a Jaguar XE, Project 8. Uh, Lotus Esprit, Series 2. RS500 Sarah with 12,000 miles. Uh, that'll probably make good money. I think there's one of them. Last year, the year before, made over 100,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the Sarahs. 800 brake Shelby Mustang Super Snake, which is quite a rare sight in UK roads, I would imagine. Um, they've got an MG X-Par. Remember those? They're like oh, a yeah. big body the kit special. They were cool. Super car thing. Yeah. Uh, around Max they were V8, Bar. weren't they? Do you know what? I think that MG uh, China Limited have talked about bringing that X-Par brand Mm-hmm. Uh, back to back. Right. you know for, because they're making quick MG fours now. I I have to say like that wee MG the wee electric one with the like twin rear spoiler and everything. Yeah. I think they're a really really good looking car. Have you they're seen trendy. Have you seen the 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 MG electric roadster thing they're doing? No. Well, uh, we'll, we'll look at that after Gary uh, finishes taking us through the. Uh, uh, there's, there's loads of our stuff. There's a Ford RS two hundred Evolution with twelve miles in the clock. Now every time we go to show, there's one kind of standard car. And Silverstone auctions that goes for big money, and I think that'll be the one that, that has to be the that'll be 500 grand minimum, if not three quarters of a million. Uh, they've got an E36 M3 Evo saloon, a green one, which used to belong to uh, Mr. Jamiroquai, JK. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, phase one Cleo V6, uh, Aston Martin Vanquish, which was the original press car from the Bond films back in the Pierce Brosnan era. I see, and they've got Suck Johnny Herbert's R33 GTR Skyline. Class. And that's only a handful of stuff. There's so much more, so it'll be really interesting to go and see that's mad. some of that stuff in the flesh. Look, that's it's a it's one of those shows where you just there'll be a lot of owners as well uh, that will have their cars on the stand. There's lots of aftermarket. There's just lots of everything. Uh, I remember t- chatting to the last time I was over. There was a stand with supers on it, and I was chatting to the, it was with bits who do mm-hmm. super parts and super tuning and stuff like that. And then we were chatting to the guy for like half an hour. It's like, oh yeah, we put uh, BMW DCT gearboxes. I remember talking, yes. And, you know, and, and suddenly you get blown away by stuff like that. We were talking to the guy um, who sells the kits for the race, the race cars. You ever see the race car Ant- Anstead mm-hmm. uh, built? And he sells the kits for those. Mm-hmm. I remember we were chatting to the guys that do the, um, sadly we never did it, but the trips to Le Mans. Yeah. You know, and booking your camping and all the rest. And he t- takes you through the whole you know, and a really good salespeople to so get you all excited about <laughs> other big trips. But, but see, when you're on a trip, it's like, well, it's like it's being the easiest on time to sell you to. Yeah, you want to go on holiday again, you know. Yeah, but, uh, but that, that's that's part of the appeal of the show, and no, no disrespect to the local shows. Local shows are fantastic, and we try and go to as many as you can. But they go once a year over to this, and to kind of you see some of the, the stuff you would never see over here. Mm-hmm. Some of the really rare low mileage cars that maybe only four or five left in existence, and obviously all the stands and things that you don't get over here too. So it's a, it's a really worthwhile trip and good crack too for a weekend. So we'll try and get plenty of pictures and get them up in the thread and hopefully there'll be a few RMSers at it. Bur- yeah, there are, I think there will be. And like yeah. Birmingham's dead handy. And, uh, okay, it could be easier to fly, Andy. Yep. Yep, so I'm uh, looking forward to it. And maybe a nice curry, Gary, on, a, on the Saturday night. Of course. So ours on Sunday. <laughs> if you're lucky. What about the curry? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you know something maybe I don't want to go have with you two boys <laughs> <laughs> okay safety in numbers so uh, 
Yeah. So looking forward to getting away. Yeah. Uh, I haven't much else in my notes tonight, apart from the, uh, I'm sure you've heard in the news, the petrol and diesel ban. Uh, Mr. Rishi has been very kindly pushed it back five years from 2030 to 2035. Not that I think it'll make much of a difference because, you know, obviously the the development plans that manufacturers use are way, way in advance. You know, so whatever uh, they've done now is based in 2030 and it's probably written in stone by this stage. Totally, it is just uh, the way things are are going to be. But then there's some manufacturers holding on. Toyota is a real, you know, interesting one that they're just, mm-hmm. you know, I think they're uh, they have released an EV. I can't for life for them name me remember it because it's pretty forgettable. But it hasn't been that great. But they've just been pushing hybrid, mm-hmm. and really, mm-hmm. that's what they've been selling. And maybe they're just waiting for the technology to be right. Uh, so be just, right. they're sitting in the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So but, like, I think most of us will welcome it being pushed back, but at the same time, you kind of go. Do they know what they're doing? <sighs> do they know what to do? do the <laughs> Have politi- they ever? Do, do they know the po- what they are? Do the politicians know what they're doing? No. Uh, especially here. But anyway, uh, yeah, so... Interesting. Yeah, so I actually, to put a, uh, speaking of the AMG Cyberster, which is their, their wee uh, all-electric uh, convertible... I think it looks absolutely... Is that one you were chatting about, Ross? Incredible. It's very MX-5 looking, isn't it? It's, it's very lovely. MX-5, and yeah. we'll put, put, put a picture in the show notes. But um, but yeah, MG are knocking it out of the park. Mm-hmm. Is that a red uh, spoke in the wheel, or is that the brake I'm looking at? I have mm. absolutely no idea. Looks like a red spoke in the wheel. But didn't Citroen do that with one of the wee DS3s That's or something? The didn't design they? effect. Kind of. Yeah, so... Uh, just something else nice for somebody to curb. And <laughs> like you, you look at that and you kind of go, That's what Tesla should be bringing out. Well, Tesla say they are going to bring out their well, their new generation for a while, but ah, we're we're still waiting. Sure, it's like the um, they uh, sent their only prototype into space. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Well, that, that was the early car they sent into uh, yeah. into space, but yeah, we're sure we're still waiting for the Cybertruck. Waiting, 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 waiting. So we'll we'll see if if and when that appears. I think no, it's going to be it's going to be made in right hand drive. Who knows? We're the poor, we're the poor cousins. Um, over here, do you, do you know the original Twingo was never made in right-hand drive? That's a crunchy. Yeah, I read that somewhere years ago. Um, but you always see them in Spain, stuff in holiday, but you would never see them over here. Yeah, yeah. So I think the original ones. Um, was it Sniff and Smith or someone was talking about that uh, recently. Anyway, uh, Ross, what's the crack with yourself? Not a whole lot. I've been, well, I uh, I finally got my X5 through MOT. That's good. Again, I spoke about it before, the shit show that is trying to get the car booked, trying to do everything else. Um, in the end, I used that MOT hub. Mm-hmm. Uh, no affiliation to them. I've used them three or four times, and they've been brilliant now because it literally is you fire in your booking reference, mm-hmm. you tell them when you would like your date at what centre, and within normally a couple of hours, if not quicker, yeah, they come back to you. So obviously they've got some sort of like, I don't know, like an auction sniper, they, something that is basically watching for appointments coming free and they basically get in there quick and straight away so I had my MOT booked within two days of um, of putting into MOT Hub mm-hmm. that led to a slight dilemma because I, um, I've i had tinted windows uh, in every car I've had for the last 15, 16, 17 years a mild smoke nothing limo black you know, nothing that's, that, that's wildly illegal but uh, obviously they're too dark for MOT testers I've tried to black it before, and computer says no. That, that, that generally is the thing. So I kind of worked out I couldn't be fucking annoyed with the hassle of going up and picking off a wee bit of tint and doing whatever else. So, uh, again, Simon down at Pentagon has tinted most of my cars for 
as long as I've been driving them. So I sent him a message saying, look, I'm, I'm due for MOT on Friday. How awkward is it going to be to take these window tints off? And he was like, ah, yeah, right. He tucks them behind the rubbers, he does everything else. Um, he then put, put an idea in my head. He says, what about getting a set of glass for the windows? He says, because if you can get a set of glass, I'll change them in less than five minutes. So I was like, right, okay, well, look, I'm intending to keep the X5 now for a couple of years. Um, I never thought it was that quick to change glass. Neither did I. No. But Is it not door panel off? I thought it was door panel off. Or door, sorry, door card. Yeah, I thought it was door card off. Yeah. So anyway, phone call to Bavarian, and the guys got me <coughs> two panes of glass in. Mm-hmm. I picked it up on Friday morning, left Bavarian. What, sorry, how, how much is uh, two? So two, two panes of glass uh, after a bit of discount was 300 quid. You're committed. Mm-hmm. You really want the gangster tints? <laughs> well, do you know something? There's a wee bit of method in my madness here because... Uh, you don't have to see you when you drive past. True. That's, that's my Simon's got a couple of list. other customers uh-huh. with the X5s as well. Ah. Uh-huh. So you see where we're going here? Oh, so leasing, Simon, whole leasing scheme? Absolutely. So Simon and I have got a wee deal between us now. So he's going to hold the clear glass and if somebody needs it done, he charges them a nominal fee to remove their windows to stick in my glass and put it back in. So I'll not be too long recouping the money back. Can I put your rides in their car as well? <laughs> <laughs> I would say the local constabulary, uh, their tint machines are twitching mm. at the thought of this. But So anyway, picked it up on Friday morning, drove from Bavarian down to Pentagon, mm-hmm. pulled up outside his yard. He took out two fucking weird plasticky things, popped them down the outside of the door, Wiggled and shuffled a wee bit. I heard click, click. He put down the window, lifted out the pane of glass, dropped in the new pane of glass. Clicked it in? Clicked it in in no more than two You're to three minutes. You're joking me. Jesus. I had no idea. I had no idea either. So, um, so yeah, so I'm, I'm all legal. Got my MOT done through with no... Actually, there, there was something funny. So, um, obviously, you stick up your photograph. And the guys were like, oh, a bit of a breaking balance there. But uh, the MOT tester said to me, because my X5 has got this weird auto-hole thing, they couldn't really get it played with, but they saw the brakes were okay and done the test and done what they needed mm-hmm. to do. But I don't know the full ins and outs of it, but yeah, so... I wish I had known that window trick seven months ago. I had to take mine off at the MOT centre. Nightmare. Because I've never had tender windows in my, my whole life. Mm-hmm. And I bought the M4, took it for the MOT, and there was a very, very slight tint in the windows. And I'll be quite honest, I, it barely even registered for me. Mm-hmm. I, I just thought it was standard. And uh, the guy failed it on the uh, the. T- well, he didn't fail it. He, he called he me. He said, "He says take them off and I'll pass it." So I, I tore it off at the place. And there's nothing worse. So did, did no, you no, get it all was the gummy. Yeah, all the I got it off. So we we bit of residue down at the bottom, but yeah. uh, I only took off the the driver's door or the the driver's window and the passenger window, two front ones. Yeah, yeah. you're, you're all right behind, behind the B yeah. pillar. You're yeah. you're you're all good. Well, well, what what is the limit? Thirty percent or. Uh, no, it's like seventeen percent, or no, it might be thirty percent. But most factory cars are come up with seventeen mm-hmm. or eighteen percent window tint already. Actually, you're you are where you are but with it. Interesting. You're talking about the constabulary in that there. Um, the the armored glass that they drive around in mm-hmm. doesn't pass tint tests. Passes the bullet test though. Mm, passes the bullet test though. Well, look, uh, I was going to Titanic Dubs, and I was in. I was in the Lotus actually, but I was behind a, a S204 earlier shape than mine, C63. Mm-hmm. It had no tints. And it was absolutely class. And I was like, I would have, I, I didn't put tint on my uh, Lotus mm-hmm. because I wanted to see the, the engine. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
but it does make the inside of the car brighter, especially if it's a dark interior. No doubt. No doubt about it. A hundred percent. And I hope to God neither of you have the chameleon tint or I would just no. immediately... What's uh, the chameleon tint? That reflective one? I see that yes. reflective one. Like uh, front windows. Oil spill. That's what it looks the like. Oil, it is just... Oh. It's always front windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But because well, when did that become a fad? Like I've noticed that's, that's a very recent year. thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's only in the last. But again, it. It, it's so popular because every because it's legal. You can have the front windscreen tinted. That genuinely, you, you're making that cars. That is legal, is it? That's completely fully legal. You're joking. Our, it looks our, gas. It looks our friend Brox and Evo have uh, said that there in the forums and said as well. That's it's com- sunstrip for the twenty twenties. Completely legal. Van Aken and yeah. full window. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but the, the problem I find. Do you remember like? Remember they used to have like the fucking Renaults down there from years ago that had that weird um, solar attenuating windscreen out there. Mm-hmm. It was always that purpley colour that mm-hmm. there yeah, and people yeah. were going, that's gash looking. And now people are falling over themselves to get the maddest, bluest or reddest or oil slick look that they can get. Blame definitely. I passed one one day there and it was like, it was a chrome effect almost. Yeah. It's just reflecting off it and it was actually blinding. The sun was uh, mm-hmm. bouncing back off it. It's awful. It's absolutely awful. And I don't know about the front window tints it's as well. Us old, old men sitting here complaining. If, if I can condone it. I tell you, I tell you what's the, the, worst, it today. the worst thing about windows. So I have uh, my first ever car with a heads-up display. Yep. Except on a bloody sunny day, I put my polarised sunglasses on. And, and I can't, can't see it. it. It's me. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. How come? I don't, I, I, the polarised... Mine has it. That's no issue. And sunglasses are not. Do you polarise sunglasses? Yes. No. Well, my, my X5 has it on... I'm the same as you under with the polarized sunglasses on. See frig all. They, they disappear, yeah. Because the polarization mm-hmm. cuts away the the uh, cuts display. out the refraction of it, yeah. yeah. It's not just your age. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just, just put my glasses on, you the see re- nothing. The, the retina's just, getting a little bit farther back every time. Just drive straight into a wall. <laughs> I've had no issues, honestly. And I have the head up display on all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. No, so uh so I got the X53 MOT, which <laughs> I'm glad do you know something? It, it's it's the first car I've actually had myself in probably 14 or 15 years that I've had MOT um, and I still love it you know I drove it I drive my van most of the time so I do and I love driving my van it's handy it's comfortable it's automatic it's just it really is the A to B machine for throwing all the stuff in the back of it front ends front ends you know absolutely um, but not Viet Rumble yeah <laughs> <laughs> the Viet monster that it is but again even coming over the, uh, tonight here in the X5 tonight it's just you forget how nice it is. It's probably a wee bit the same as you, you know, after having not driven the Lotus in so long to get back into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But where I haven't driven my X5 in, you know, a couple of weeks properly uh-huh. and to, to you know, as send the guy earlier on, I was doing a couple of deliveries earlier on, I was out around uh, back roads of Lisburn out there. And again, it, it, it trundles along nicely. It's 400 horsepower. It just, it's really nice driving again. And it's, it's a car that I'm actually really comfortable just intend to keep it for another year or two but that's, then that's always been an issue when you commute daily and something that and you, you get so used to it especially yeah. a quick car or something out there and you, you sometimes need a, a week or a, a fortnight off from it yeah kind of readjust yourself yeah now on the flip side out there uh, i've been in tire kick in heaven the last few days because um mrs pimp was thinking about changing her car um and i had hers down at bavarian it was but when i was in there uh, you know i went i said tire kick and looking at different cars and the new Range Rover Sport, as much as I hate to say it, I was oh. really, really. I, I was, I was in Charleshurst, um, and hopped into one of them. Now, the only thing that is off-putting is the price on them is still 
ridiculous it was the one I was in yesterday. I don't think they're going to get any cheaper. They're, they're not. <laughs> but, wait a week. But some stuff has dropped down a wee bit. Um, but this Range Rover Sport was like 104, 105 grand. Jesus. Seats were gorgeous in it. It was a lovely thing. It was just... It, it's back to what my first Range Rover was. You know, it was it was lovely. And at that stage, it was it was very luxurious. It was everything else. I think Range Rover... I'm not saying they lost their way for a couple of years, but the new sports are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, um, they had a really nice Defender in there that I, I just can't not like them. I, I think they're so mm-hmm. nice. Um, <laughs> I forget I'm going to say it. So... When I was in yesterday, and, and uh, was it yesterday the day before? So when you're in the showroom, they've got them sitting open, you open up the doors, and the big, beautiful TFT screen comes up, and mm-hmm. hello, Gary, hello, Andrew. Mm-hmm. You know, these were hello guests. So, so I'm sitting and playing, <laughs> playing around with it. So I registered my name. <laughs> oh, here we go. So, here we go. Um, Barred yeah, so from every so dealership <laughs> in the country. We, 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 let's hear so it, So the folks. Range Rover one was uh, Pimp Daddy was the Range Rover. Um, <laughs> the Land Rover Defender, the first one was Farmer Dan Big Balls. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the last Defender, the V3 door one I was in, was like, uh, Sheeps are beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so I got out and done my walk around it, opened up the door, and as soon as you opened it up, it was like, hello, Sheeps are beautiful. <laughs> oh. That's so, um, yeah, so it was an entire kick in heaven. Um, mm. But, yeah, so there's, you know, some of the cars are beautiful out there. And as I was saying, where, where prices seem to be coming down a wee bit, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens before the end of the year. So um, a couple of episodes back, we have been talking about, I said my missus was looking to change and looking at an X5, mm-hmm. and the price of a new X5 30D with, don't get me wrong, they come well enough spec anyway, so they do, but with no real extras, was coming at like £101,000. For like a 30DM sport? For a 30DM sport, mm-hmm. which was fucking you ridiculous. You couldn't lure yourself to an SE. It has to be an SE. <laughs> they have pets. sitting in Bavarian at the minute for grand. one of their new top-of-the-range X550Es, which are 500-something horsepower, they're mm-hmm. hybrid, they're everything else. But, you know, and this kind of thing I was saying to, to the sales guys, like two months ago you were quoting me hundred grand for a 30 d and use the top of the range, fully loaded 50E sitting here for 15 grand cheap. We're like, what the hell's going on? And he's like, prices are dropping and BMW are helping get you back into the market here. So remember we talked a few episodes back about... I don't think BMW are helping you back. I think well, BMW are going, oh my God, we have, not a doing lot you a favor. Of, we have a lot of stock yeah. to shift. Yeah. So they're, they're heavily incentivizing you to get back into it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I was chatting to another dealer recently who has... Um, some stock of EVs, and uh, they were just saying that the uh, the price pressures on like six month old EVs is is frightening, and they've all taken a hit, and and there's and the, the dealerships are sweating, saying we've got a, we've got a hole here. It was BCA yesterday. There's 120 Tesla Model Threes or whatever they are, uh, you know, all the ones that are end of lease. Mm-hmm. Like there was zero on there a year ago. Ah. Suddenly just flooded with them. Now they're just absolutely yeah. flooding the market. Yeah. Yeah, so it's definitely a buyer's market out there. Uh, if you're on the lookout for stuff, maybe a wee bit harder to sell stuff unless you're willing to um, drop your trousers a bit. But I suppose the market had to sort itself out at some stage. It has to. It, it has to sort of settle itself one way or another. But Anyway, I think let's go to the listener questions. Uh, some members of the forum had replied to the thread Gary you put up the other day. And the first question is from JH86, and he asks a B Road Antic style question 
Would you rather drive a good, honest, hot hatch, circa 200 horsepower, flat out, using all the power, all of the time? Or the likes of your faster, bigger spec car, C63? Is that a dig at me? And then he says M3 slash <laughs> M4, which is definitely a dig at the rest dig of you. Yeah. Uh, but that's okay, because we're thick-skinned. Get digs in there. And here, well, here we, like, we like the digs, keep them uh, coming. We will deflect them as necessary. So he's saying... Do you rather have a good, honest, hot hatch, 200 horse, flat out using all the power, or the likes of your bigger, faster cars, C63, M3, M4, say at 50% on the same road? Swings and rounds about question, but might rustle a few feathers. Uh, love the podcast, by the way. Thank you, Mr. 86. Well, I'll pick up that one first because I went sort of in that exact swing. So I had the GR Yaris and the C63. Which car would I rather have down a back road? That's a no-brainer, Yaris. Mm-hmm. Every day of the week. You can't use that uh, the, the type of power and the delivery and the gearing and all the rest that the C63 has in the same way as you can the Yaris. You don't have as much fun because it's a holding back exercise. Mm-hmm. And it, it, The other thing is with a bigger car, <clears throat> yeah, it might be faster in inverted commas in a straight line. It's also a lot heavier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't feel as responsive and all the rest. I had to do it because... As I've done three or four days this week, I uh, picked up and dropped off the wee one, you know, every morning and every evening. So I have to use the back seat and put mm-hmm. her stuff in the car and all that sort of stuff. So the Yaris just wouldn't have been up to it. Now, I probably should have, and I did look at the uh, Megane RS300, and I was humming and hawing about uh, Civic, and I probably should have went for the five-door mm-hmm type of, of option but really if I'm lucky, to ha- lucky enough to have the Lotus so I was getting in it tonight and I was thinking about this question and the Lotus is a lot lighter than C63 and all the rest and it just feels so much more agile and fun Nimble. in your hands so look uh, totally on a B road you want your 200 horse hot hatch every day of the week um, we were talking earlier about Civic Type R or something like that um, although they're maybe 300 of, you know, they're getting very very quick on those roads you, you need yeah. to take, take a step down you need to get out of the like the I-30Ns and the Gulf R's and all that you know, are nearly too quick we need to take a mm-hmm. step back to I-20N something with or, or a Fiesta ST or something like that something you can use the 8 mini hot hatch kind of yeah. brigade yeah. yeah you can 8 tenths 9 tenths the brass mini that kind of thing yeah, yeah. small enough for for a, a B road that you've you've road to move about on yeah whereas the bigger cars you just don't that look that's 100% uh, my thought on it is uh, fun factor now, don't get me wrong there are there is fun factor with having a monstrous V8 nearly 500 horse and rear wheel drive and limited slip definitely mm-hmm. absolutely there's crack to be had there but in this particular scenario yeah. B road blasting 200 horse I agree 100% all day long you need something that you can drive to 8 or 9 tenths without having to ring its neck sorry without using all its power without doing whatever but you're driving to pretty much your limits and its limits mm-hmm. without having that extra 50% squeeze which could just send you into a whole world of bother no I, I'm I'm with you on that there something you can drive well most of the way around it um, without having to to rake through it definitely Gary totally agree it's a no brainer um, my daily commute for the last six years has been kind of Hill Hall Road up through Drumbill carried off so a mixture of B roads and even C roads if you can call them that um, 
and I've had a variety of cars over that time. I've had the 92 M3, I've had the M4 to have now, I've had a Civic Type R Championship, I've mm-hmm. had a Golf R. Um, the hatches were definitely more chuckable, more fun, more dynamic. You can mm-hmm. push them more. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, in that eyes away out of context, definitely I would say a hatch. Uh, there's days, even now I'm driving the M4 kind of on those roads and they're a bit bumpy and it's a bigger, slightly heavier car and I'm mm-hmm. thinking that would be great to be in a FSST or something that gets and really wringing its neck. But, you know, out, out of that context, uh, when you're when you're driving on a variety of roads, I do think the M4 is a good all-rounder. But if I was only ever going to be on back roads for the rest of my life, I would definitely buy a hatch. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, I think we've, we've answered that. Like, I think the answer is, uh, it's a fairly obvious one that uh, we're... At the same time, I suppose it's one of those things too. We've had a lot of hot hatches, mm-hmm. and you want to sample, you want to you want to try other things. Like I wanted to have uh, a V eight, mm-hmm. you know. So I thought, well, I have a chance to have a V eight here. That's why, and, and I need an estate car. So one plus one equals nearly five hundred C sixty three. And uh, but do I miss the Yaris? Hell yes. Uh, it just doesn't it doesn't suit my uh, life. I could have made it suit my life. Yeah, but, but I didn't. you're compromising then to do something that. Yeah, yeah, you know. So. Uh, <clears throat> So anyway, uh, next question. Demurf asks the question, and uh, it probably directed at me. But a noob guide to a Nurburgring trip would be fun to hear. So first of all, you guys need to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Are we? Uh, yeah. It just. I was about to say I can't answer this question because I've never been. Although I have planned to go once and did a lot of research. And thankfully, there, there's a mountain of uh, information on the internet. Piston heads, because I got there. So many people got it. I, I, I'll stick a, th- a link in the show notes. I did write an article on this before. So, yeah, I would highly recommend it to uh, both of you. So, you were, in the, you were on the cusp of going then, Gary, were you? Oh, many times I've been on the cusp of going. Yeah. And so fate has gotten away or intervened or, or chickened out or whatever. But yeah, look, even even to uh, fly over, fly into um, is it Dublin to Frankfurt, you can do or something like that. Yeah. And then uh, get on a a regular hire car to the ring and then hire a properly track prepped uh, ring car is is by far the the, the easiest way to go the other way to go um, which I've also done is go uh, Belfast Kernran drive from Kernran yeah. to Hull during the day and then get the Hull Rotterdam ferry overnight oh yeah and then it's about three and a half hours from Rotterdam um, to the ring that's if you want to bring your own car Using your own car on the ring, I've done it. It is a very serious place, and you know, uh, you know, there's uh, insurance implications. I can't. I don't know if you are insured out there, really. Um, which you know could be well, some, some serious stuff. That's one other things. You know, you, you see these horror videos where someone has a smash, and the ring is shut down for an hour. And yeah. uh, it's terrifying, and that's. Oh, well, I, I, I hope it wouldn't be you, but it, you know it has happened to people, and none of them thought it would happen to them. So I've seen accidents. I've I've, yeah. I've seen uh, someone's an RMS who've been nearly caught in some massive accidents. Just been, you know, because these things can just happen around you uh, as well, and the liability there and all the rest. But at the same time, it's even as a place to visit, and the things you will see, you know, you will see. Uh, supercars and E28 M5s and you will see all sorts of stuff being and and some very capable drivers stuff stuff from over Europe I'm sure and further field yeah totally so it's it's a very there's an atmosphere about that place and it it is 
it is very very special it, they've like the way to go to have a lot of fun and to drive on the track is to, is to fly over, hire a car or, uh, from one like RSR or um, oh, I can't remember the other place that I hired, but I'll, I'll put it in the show notes. I did, yeah. I did, did a link and, and those cars are fully insured, track prepped and all the rest. Of mind. Yeah, you hop into them and um, away you like go. What, what do you do over there if you drive over and then you completely bend your car to the point where it's it's a write-off? Well, How do you get it home or do you even get it home? So... Yeah, people can get, you know, cars delivered home. I suppose there's like, if you have, <laughs> if you have already it's, seen it's cars, <laughs> you know, Does that something. Cover you? Uh, yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. You know, if, um, if maybe it would, or just get the car, you know, people just get the car shipped and it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's extremely expensive. Or or you get on the phone and say, right, come over with a car trailer and I'll flip and throw you a lot of pound. And it's just a complete handling, wouldn't it be? Oh, yeah. you know, but I just... Um, I suppose no, no risk, no gain. If you don't go out there, fun. Yeah, well, but the risk, fun, the risk, the risk, the risk is 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 very high. Which yeah. you know, it, it makes me a bit hesitant talking about it because I have I have done it many times. But um, certainly, uh, the thought of just going out, hiring one of the track prepared Suzuki Swifts or something like that, or they do, you know, like one three five I or something like that. There, and hand, you just hand it back at the end. Hand it back at the end, mm-hmm. and uh, and generally the cars are very well prepped, and you can have. You can have nearly as much fun. Mm. There's a, like there's also a lot of fun in ha- in the road trip as well, and there's other things that we've done or that we haven't done that I would love to do, like uh, spa, for example. So spa is yeah. only an hour up the road. Um, uh, what a place! Uh, when Robert and I did that uh, uh, trip collecting the Amira, mm-hmm. it was fantastic as well because we did went to Stuttgart and did the Porsche Museum and Mercedes. We went to Hockenheim. Like, we did so... Yeah, so it's, it's not just the track you're going for. There's so yeah. much stuff around there as, as well. So, uh, yeah, I will I post a link because I, I put nearly everything I'm talking about in an article I wrote for RMS about this when I first went over off six, seven, um, eight years ago. And it's, it's, it's always... If you, you've seen the Mishra Turin videos, mm-hmm. uh, they, he does all the laps. I saw him doing a... Um, it was a Tesla Model S Plaid, and there's this place called the Flugplatz, and it's the fastest part of the circuit. And I think, you know, I'm touching 145, 150, and he was doing, in the Model S, was he doing 300 and something K, which mm. is like 180 something? Like, that's just madness. Not yeah. madness. But uh, yeah, what a, uh, what a place. Get yourself over there, uh, Dan Murph. Uh, he still have the 350, does he? I don't know. But yeah. um, good card to take over if you did. Yeah, totally. Next question, Gary thirteen sixty five asks, <clears throat> "Where do you stand on front window tints and peel them off?" Uh, for I feel them we may have covered us. Yeah, I think uh, Ross has actually had to uh, uh, nip on, but uh, we know how Ross feels about them. Absolutely, uh, we full we've, gangster mode uh, heading uh, in the road as we speak, and we know how we feels yeah. about that as well. Uh, our final question before uh, we wrap this up is Big Pete. Uh, the detailer himself uh, the most surprising car you've ever driven that you expected to like and ended up disliking and then the reverse one you thought you would hate and ended up loving what about that one for yourself Gary uh, that's an easy one the most surprising car I've ever driven that I thought I would like was the Celica ST185 Carlos Sainz so I bought this without ever test driving one mm-hmm. it's rally icon mm-hmm. you know only heard good things about it yeah. uh, Toyota build quality four wheel drive Rally engine, turbo, and all Twitter rest. turbo, yeah, and uh, 
went over to England, picked it up, and literally within 10 minutes, I think, of me heading up the M6, I already knew I hated it. Mm-hmm. There was no power whatsoever, just gutless, and there was nothing wrong with the car. I had it checked and rolled and rolled it and all that there, and it was making its power, uh, but just felt completely dead. It was understeery. Um, just lack kind of feedback in the steering. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just couldn't see what made it a good rally car. And I've driven another one since and had the same experience now, yeah. so I don't think I bought a bad one. Yeah, uh, just generally disappointing. I think I built it up in my head to be more than it was. You know, obviously when they're, they're rallying Group B or whatever they were used in, they were, they were tuned to the balls. And maybe that's what the car needs is the best. I, turned it way, way up, you know. It, but, need, um, it needs the Toyota uh, regulation to feel. Yeah. Uh, a bit of fettling. But, boost, um, boost fettling. Yeah, totally standard. Didn't like it. Didn't keep it very long. Just felt like a letdown and didn't even like kind of the interior and stuff either. Now that's the uh, that ST one eighty five pop up headlight, headlights, yeah, for and like then, late nineties, isn't yeah. it? And then they bought or late the later one about a year later. Uh-huh. Uh, no, that would have been early nineties, like ninety one, ninety two, I think. Yeah, and then about a year later, I bought the uh, the next one, the ST two hundred five, yep. and totally different experience. Really liked it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a bit more power. I think they were about two hundred sixty brakes, something like that. But it just felt a more dynamic car on the road as well, and yeah. wider arches and stuff. And, Kind of just preferred it much, and, and it's the Sega Rally car too. I just absolutely yeah. uh, love that yeah. um, the ST two five uh, GT four, yeah. of course, yeah. which is what it was. And uh, then the one that I thought, I don't know if I've ever thought I would hate a car because I kind of try and keep an open mind with most cars because I always find a fault of some kind. But uh, first time I drove an RS Focus, I think I expected it to be worse than it was because I'd read some interviews and watched some interviews on TV, and they were going on about the. I don't know if you recall this at the time, the torque steer. Drive you into head, and yeah. Jeremy Clarkson kept going, oh, it's undrivable and all this here, and you can't steer it. And I just, I thought it was brilliant. Took it up the road, loved how it drove. Ended up buying one, loved it. Definitely would like another. It's still one of the best hatches i ever had. Do you know what? An uh, RS Focus, and I'd, I had hummed and had again when I was l- looking for a Yaris replacement. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, sure, I could go for a, a third generation Focus RS, the four-wheel drive version of the narrow body. Yeah. Uh, with that, the ego boost, yeah. 2.3. The uh, drift mode stuff and all that. Yeah, and all mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. I thought that sounds great. And then and then I was reading reviews, oh, they're quite hard and all the rest. And then I never actually got to drive one. I know a guy who has one, and I should have asked him. Um, although it's one of those things, too. I, I sort of wondered, I might like this and then abandon it mm-hmm. or making an offer, you know. But, um, yeah, so... They're, they're good cars. I think every every single model of RS Focus has been decent. And, you know, I think a lot of came down to that. That very first one that came out, when the Focus you know, was originally released to replace the um, Escort. Mm-hmm. The Focus itself was just a brilliant platform. Yeah. Well, the Escort was even, so bad. Yeah. The Escort was so bad, but if, if you, I don't know if you remember, even just reviews of the bog standard 1.6, mm-hmm. you know, family spec Focus, uh, yep. they were saying how well it handles. Yep. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, just really, really dynamic, dynamically well built and well put together. So then when they built a, a proper fast version, it could only get better. But I think what they did with the first Focus was... They tried to take the Focus down the same route as the likes of the 306 mm-hmm. and the ZX, as in their hatchbacks, but they're really good handling, jumpable. Mm-hmm. And Fords hadn't really been that before that. Yeah. I you never know. actually thought about that. That's, a, that's a, re- a really good comparison because the 306, even as a standard car, that's brilliant. Where, you know, we just lauded as yeah. fantastic. Uh, and obviously the ZX was the same even platform. Even an 90 horsepower D Turbo, you could have so much fun on it. Mm-hmm. They were just so chuckable. And the ZX was based on the same platform. Yeah. And, uh, just down back roads and stuff. Funny, we were talking about that last question. One of them was just a dream on a back road because you had so much fun and you didn't need a lot of power to do it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, 
And she obviously appealed at like three or six rallies. Yeah. And, and that's what annoys me now when I see the three or sixes that are dragging their horses around the ground completely, you know, with no springs in them running because they're actually such a really good handling car. Yeah. That you'd have so much more fun if you kept it in the standard height. Yeah, exactly. I could put proper set yeah. of building things drive on it or something. Property, yeah, you know, yeah. But they're, they're always decked in the ground. But Yeah. Well, look, uh, we asked Ross before he, he vanished uh, what was his uh, car that he expected to like and ended up hating it. And it was a A86 twin cam Corolla. He said it just he just mm-hmm. uh, um, the enjoyment factor of uh, doing circles was completely wiped out by the fact that he thought it was gutless up the gears. Not He's not he the said. first to say that. Yeah. No. And I, I've I've driven one and had a different experience. I enjoyed it for what it was. It, it didn't feel particularly quick compared to modern stuff, but still had a lot of feel. Yeah. And uh, it had that kind of analogy feel that you get from eighties cars now. But I still thought. They're fun. Like at the end of the day, they're they're real with drive. They're mm-hmm. not particularly heavy. You know, you can't really not have fun with it. Mm-hmm. The um, I I don't actually have that many cars that I thought I would hate and end up liking because it's normally the other way around. Because I'm, I'm sort of generally quite positive yeah. about generally. I'm thinking right, something's going to be eternal optimist. Yeah, not I, I wouldn't go that far, but yeah, some <laughs> something in, in and around that, but. Uh, certainly, I've, t- I've mentioned it before, but my IS two hundred that that I sold it to Coog on RMS, and he uh, he loved it, finest. and and I just it was it was gutless. That two liter uh, flat six was just you needed the uh, the, the beams one. I needed the Yamaha engine yeah. car. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think the Yamaha engine car would have been. Uh, well, they're about two hundred brake, are they? Yeah, and I think they have another high revving. And thing what was and, yours? Uh, they were about two two hundred brake as well. Really? Yeah, but just I thought they were like one forty or one fifty. Or maybe, well, maybe they are only one fifty. Maybe that was the problem. Uh, it was godless. <laughs> it was godless. Uh, and uh, the best thing about it was that lovely uh, the lovely uh, dash cluster, which looked like a chronograph watch. Yeah. Um, and and obviously the tail lights, but no, it was just so disappointingly mm. uh, slow. It was long geared. But short revved, and it was just awful. I did, uh, really didn't like it. And which one then did you end up loving that you thought you would hate? Well, you see, that's the thing. I, I'm, I'm, str- I'm really, no. I'm really struggling with that question. I'll maybe have to uh, 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 circle back to it. But uh, well, I'll give an honourable mention to another one. I've just thought of that. I, I thought I would like and hate it, mm-hmm. and I drove to them to be sure. Three thousand GT Mitsubishi. Yeah, <clears throat> did not enjoy it one bit. I, I passed one the other day, like, or was it this morning or no, yesterday? Lo- loads of road presence, and like they still look kind of cool, but yeah. as, a, as a driving thing, no, it did nothing for me at all. They are quite disappointing. Yeah. Was it a V6 or a twin turbo? Oh, twin turbo. Oh, it's a full fat, but... Yeah. I actually had more fun in a 3-litre non-turbo Supra yeah. than the actual full fat GTO or 3000 GT. Like yeah. It had both names at one point, but uh, just, I don't know, they just felt like they, they weren't really... The best thing to drive. Do you know what? That was back in the days, though, when the manufacturers would just have tried everything. Everything was like, right, oh, you have to have uh, V6, twin turbo, four-wheel drive. High cars uh, and Mavic and yeah. four-wheel steer. And, yeah, they were throwing everything the, at the us. Japanese so many were electronics. Just, yeah, were just um, um, great, but no. And then I, they got on the PlayStations and they calmed down a bit. Yeah. I, t- I tell you what, I drove, and uh, this is a surprise. I remember the uh, first time I drove a Mark II Escort. Hmm. Like an RS eighteen hundred or something like that, like there. a road car, not a yeah, and it was rally day type one. Aye, but it was like it had been done up a bit. Aye. but it was just oh, it was flipping rubbish. I did not like it at all, and I have no doubt, like a three hundred horse Millington engine 
rally car oh, would be a, a totally different uh, and see those MST recreations that are coming out of Wales oh amazing yeah. you know uh, but um, with the Cosworth uh, or I think they're, they're Duratex maybe like I, I, I have no doubt that there's a bit of rose tinted glasses when we look back at certain cars yeah. and you know people see them as iconic and then you actually get on day one and we're so used now to drive modern stuff mm-hmm. that it feels slow and lethargic and so on and so forth and noisy and rattly and all that there but then at the same time, people who were at a certain age when they came out, you know, that's that was a new thing to them. And they thought they were brilliant and maybe still do. But I thought of one. Go for it. And it's very similar, actually, to your era of uh, Celica, the second generation MR2. Right. Oh, so yeah. I remember as a guy on RMS, uh, Chris had a silver one, turbo. like the veil, the veil side yeah. body kit and all had turbo. Yes. And... Uh, there was two things I thought about that. So number one, it, it was kit and they had the neons, uh, three spoke advance and it had done everything mm-hmm. to it. I thought, number one, it's probably ruined the car. You know, and number two, um, uh, MR2s just, you know, you, people were scraping them off walls because they were twitchy and, not and all the rest. And, yeah. and I drove this and this, it was refined and torquey and responsive and drove really straight and really easy to drive and I and I uh, I was really impressed actually by the um but had, and there's a couple of guys in RMS have had uh, some lovely uh, mm-hmm. car examples of those recently like the GT 16 valve cars and stuff like that and they're 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 a lovely looking car yeah and they're the uh they were snappy but if you weren't driving at the extremes in wet weather, something got there. Mm-hmm. They were generally, you know, they felt really good in the road, very responsive, and um, changed direction very quickly and all that. Although I do remember taking a, a black 2-liter non-turbo one out one day from my dad's, and anyway, went up the hedge. <laughs> just took off the side <laughs> of the road, and it spun around as quick as I could react, you know. Yeah, but, yeah, um, yeah. The turbo, I'd say, was a handful when it was tuned a bit. Um, and I've thought of another uh, car that I expected to like. So I, like yourself, big Honda mm-hmm. fan. Uh, so... Um, EK4 VTIs and uh, EF VTEX and all, all the various generations of Civic DC2 Integra Type R and then I bought an EP3 Civic bread van. Boy was I disappointed. A Type R? Yeah. Were you? Yeah. I didn't know it. I didn't read it. I thought that it was heavy. I thought that the VTEC changeover you know compared to getting out of the Integra which muted. Was, that was more muted yeah. and um the the interior was sort of the seats you know wasn't proper recaro seats mm. as well you know it just wasn't the same it, it was almost if it was completely different maybe it was a completely well, dis- different design gear change it had the great mounted kind of gear stick great gear well, not mounted but you know, it was pretty sitting high up it but had that great six speed gearbox yeah. that that was good but I thought I didn't totally gel with the K20. Yes, it had more torque, but it didn't have that same fizz factor of the yeah. the B18 or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, good question. I think Very good. And I think we could probably sit here all night about cars we've been passengers in or had a quick drive in and something that come to mind. Uh, Is that a subtle hint if we need a GTFO? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> we do have home security. We, uh, on, that, uh, on that note, remember to like and subscribe. Uh, ask us questions on the forum and uh, we'll try and answer them for you on RMS and remember there's no warranty this was uh, sold as same <laughs>